Well, thanks so much for coming on today, Sean. Um, and yeah, the man that obviously has a lot of really valuable comments on um, a lot of the sales stuff that I do comment on myself. I've been chasing you for a little while to have this discussion and it, I think it'd be very valuable. Um, so tell me a little bit more about yourself. Well, I'm Sean Cease, the CEO and founder of uh, Five by Noon, which is a uh, sales consultancy and management company that basically takes aim at training reps, hiring reps, building teams that, uh, you know, take aim at booking five appointments by noon, which is pretty much an insurmountable goal for everybody. But when you take aim like that, you end up having to take the incremental steps to achieve that. And that's where all the positive emotion and good things happen. So when you're doing the right stuff, you actually get to where you want to go. Yeah, awesome, awesome. And then I guess with given how the world has changed in the last two years, that'll be very valuable. And this will probably be a big question, but Given that, what do you think the biggest thing on that journey that you've learned is? Well, the biggest thing that I've learned on that journey is probably going to be that uh, top of funnel outbound phone prospecting is a lot easier than people make it out to be. Mm -hmm. Do you think that that is because the traditional people still have a hesitancy to do that? Or do you think that it's a generational thing or what do you think that is? Well, I think that people get caught up in a lot of uh, the available technology. And so sales reps get into this mode of where they justify their existence for reasons they wish prospects valued, you know, which for example would be like building sequences and playing with their tech stacks and doing research and all these things that your prospects idly doing their day and have no idea that you're doing on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Complete waste of time. Yeah, yeah. So I guess, um, yeah, there's a lot of companies that are uh, trying to revolutionize that market and you're coming at it from a probably a better angle with reinstilling some of those traditional methods to basically get to the table quicker. Is that how you would? Yeah, that? I would say I'd say that, you know, recently we've kind of taken uh, some stuff from science, try to kind of sound astute here, you know, like saying, you know, first principles, phone prospecting, because we, we do focus 100% on top of funnel outbound phone prospecting. We, we, we drift over into LinkedIn and email, you know, but we have partners for those kind of things because we believe in channel validation, actually connecting with people where they actually, uh, where they where they play. So from, from a first principles prospecting perspective, uh, we believe in channel validation. That means that let's take the people that, were the, that are in our TAM or in our ICP, the people we want to connect with and figure out if they answer the phone or not. Again, first principles, if you're gonna use the phone for outbound phone prospecting, the first step would be, let's find out if they answer the phone or not. Mm -hmm. And so we put together a process and a team to actually do that data curation. Now, the next thing would be, uh, let's have someone talented enough to have a conversation with those people who answer the phone. So that means you need to hire talent to have that conversation. That person needs to know what to say, how to say it, most importantly, why they're saying it. So we created a cold calling and messaging workshop to address that. And then after that, it just becomes a matter of uh, follow up and commitment to the process, continuing to do it day in and day out. And we've managed to narrow the process down to about one and a half. I mean, really shrunk it down to one and a half to two hours per day, per rep mm -hmm. to inform your revenue goals or your pipeline, you know, goals that you need for new deals and opportunities or meetings for account executives. So that's what I meant by shrinking it down, you know, to first principles or basic things, know who to call or know who answers, only call people who answer the phone, know what to say when they do answer the phone, 
and then never stop doing that process over and over and you can get what you need out of the phone in an hour and a half two hours a day so basically make it a situation where your reps might might even be happy to use the phone because they're using their they're they're actually having conversations they're booking meetings they're moving things forward most importantly they're sleeping at night they're not losing their will to live the mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. sales the VP of sales is be able to is able to show these results to the CEO so everything is flowing the right way people aren't getting their reputation damaged they're not waiting for something they're not giving it more time they're having conversations and seeing outcomes yeah yeah an extension question on that would be do you have you come across any markets where that hasn't actually I guess um, come to fruition as quickly as what it does in the United States. So if you play in like Australia, the UK or New Zealand, do you still find the same things still occur or are there different trends that you can do to get to the table quicker? I honestly don't have any metrics on geography, okay. uh, but I do have some metrics within industries. And mm -hmm. uh, what's interesting is it all depends on how you look at it. Uh, for example, cyber calling into cybersecurity, you know, calling into the, uh, you know, the the chief uh, information security officer, you know, the CISO yeah. or the, this person, very difficult to get a hold of. Even when you did do get a hold of, just by nature, they're going to be tight-lipped, um, not very open to sharing any information about what they do because they're they're a security officer, for the lack of better words. So, using our first principles process, figure out who answers the phone and who doesn't. This is a really good example of learning that maybe only three to eight percent of the of, of those people answer the phone. So on a list of 100 people, maybe only three to eight percent answer the phone, which basically puts you in a situation to know that the phone may not be the very best use of your time. So there's no reason to put a rep on the phone all day long calling 100 or 200 or 300 contacts who never answer the phone. So again, this goes back to this first principle of channel validation. If they don't answer their phone, then naturally we need to go to LinkedIn or naturally we need to go over to uh, email. We need to do something differently, which is really it, the channel validation prospecting method is in a, is a stark contrast or a complete opposition to omni-channel prospecting where you actually just download a bunch of data, load it into yeah. your sequencer, and then set it up to call day one, email day two, and you're just bombarding people with content garbage they didn't ask for, which is uh, basically what we believe is turning people off or making people decide to say no before you even have a conversation with them. So yeah, so some, there's some value in industry knowing, finding out that people don't actually answer the phone can be to your benefit because you can actually prospect accordingly, you know, and not yeah. Yeah. waste reps times doing things that are not going to turn uh, into outcomes. Yeah, and I guess obviously being having a sales background myself as well for such an extended period, um, we would know that the downtime is the killer, right? So if you can increase the efficiency of that of that duration of time, it's it's invaluable. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I think I think to another easy way to say it is to really in your mind as a sales leader or even as a rep who's trying to drive change inside of an organization where you just feel like you're smashing your head against a brick wall and probably looking for another job on the side. Uh, because the culture is bad, the ideas are bad, is, is to move from uh, an outcomes model, like to focus on outcomes instead of activities. Because what we what we find with the proliferation of so much available data, um, the sequencers and so on, it's easy to download a lot of data, build a sequence, put some messaging and, and say go. And when you don't see the outcomes, when you don't see the meetings, you don't see the pipeline or so on, 
those activity metrics quickly become the same thing as a time card. Mm-hmm. You know, rep, reps are yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to get through, they're trying to get through their activities to yeah. do, and they're watching the dashboard, shoot 30 more calls and my day is yeah. really over. You know what I mean? And they're measuring how to operate their day to turn yeah. in a time card, which yeah. is not the spirit and the motivation and the drive that you want in your sales org. You want somebody to, you want somebody to be on the, on the phone with somebody having a conversation and instead of objection handling, you want them to be in a mindset of like, look, I'm talking to someone who's really skeptical about what I'm doing. Waiting behind me is another person who might be um, a believer. I need to get this person off the phone and move to the next call to yeah. talk to somebody who I who's into what I'm talking about. You know, mm-hmm. in other words, this mindset culture of converting the believers and ignoring the skeptics. Yeah. But you don't you don't have that kind of mentality when you're not talking to anybody. If you're only talking to one or two, three people a day, you start to adopt all these really bad practices like how can we convert them, objection handle, all these things that just go in the just just fly directly in the face of building trust and getting mm-hmm. people in in your content camp to start, you know, consuming learning and knowledge and being a part of your customer success ecosystem before they even become a client. You know, you're turning people off. So Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. 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 No, it sounds amazing. And obviously you can see me grinning through that. I guess as powerful as that is, um, who do you think you can help the most with, with the products that you have and, and how you can help them? Yeah, I think that Five by Noon is is serving founder-led sales really well. You know, founders who have an idea, who have been selling yeah. to their network and so on, but need to grow past that. Mm-hmm. Um, early stage startups um, that are trying to get product market fit and so on, maybe even market validation where they, you know, they probably know who they serve, how they serve it, but their messaging just isn't coming across right. They don't have, they have an imperfect understanding of what happens in those first meetings, you know, to get somebody to take a meeting. They're too product uh, pain problem, you know, heavy. And so they're running into uh, problems with actually getting uh, meetings. And then the third, the third category would be uh, companies who have invested in an SDR team. They've actually hired some talent, they've got some tools and so on, but they're they're just not seeing the outcomes and they're yep. falling into that activities over outcomes model and the team's drifting apart, the culture is so on. You know, we can come in pretty quick and, and uh, figure out who answers the phone, get the messaging squared away and getting a coaching model going where the spirit and energy of the term, the team can change very quickly to increasing pipeline creation rates month after month. And we can get that, we can make changes in five to five to 10 days with companies that are willing to step up and, and do the work and, uh, you know, fulfill the expectations to get that, that speed of work done. Awesome. Awesome. Um, just a quick extension questions, if I may. Um, do you find that you're finding it, do you find it a challenge at all with um, companies that may be established like that, that have got the modeling in place where they've maybe just got the younger generation than us and they're only wanting to do as least as possible to get to the table without actually doing those actions to get there quicker? Like do, there's a whole generation that I'm seeing only in Australia and New Zealand is that people are hesitant to still use those skills on the phone or doing the right research to get to the people that will answer the phone. Um, they're, they're basically putting as many roadblocks in, in front of themselves as possible and then calling it something else, if you know what I'm saying, um, by using other types of skills to say that they can get there quicker, but it's not outcome-based at all. Like, do you, are you seeing that at all over there? Yeah, we, we, see, we see that all the time. And I think that that's just 
delusional, you know, and, and we, we actually, we, we, we actually try, we, we point that out early and yeah, yeah. there's a lot of companies that we won't work with that we start out engagements with and we end up stopping those engagements. So you basically reverse firing, like we'll fire clients yeah. who, you know, for example, can't, they can't even assemble yeah. a list, you know, a list of their targets. It, it, it yeah. looks like they're trying to, you know, we said, hey, send us, yeah, send us 200 yeah. contacts. And for whatever reason, they decided that it made sense to put in contacts that could never be buyers to fill, you know, mm -hmm. the 200, the 200 okay. contact requirements. Yeah. So come back and say, look, you know, I'm going to be very direct here. I, I might even be offensive, but I got to ask you. Um, it doesn't look like you're really serious about this process because the data you sent over is just a, it's a non it's a non-starter. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. like I like I said, I think the easiest way to say that is that at this point in time, there's so many tools, tactics, inbound, product-led growth, all these different things that people say are the way to go. Cold calling's dead, whatever. Mm -hmm. Call it what you want. I would say that what I said earlier, the, the sales reps and sales leaders justify their existence for all kinds of reasons they wished their prospects valued. But at this at this point in time, if your next best customer can't go to your website and self-serve themselves to the point that they can put whatever they want to buy into a shopping cart or however you want to say it, sign up, whatever, yeah. click on, put a credit card in and buy. If they if if the if they can't use the buy button to become a customer, then all roads must lead to a conversation. Period. Yeah. Whether You're that's welcome. a cold call, an inbound lead, a webinar, or whatever. If there's something in between somebody knowing you actually exist and them becoming a customer that mm -hmm. the buy button in content can't handle, you have got to figure out a way to have a live conversation with them like you and I are having right now. Otherwise, yeah. they're never going to become a customer. Oh, awesome. Well, um, thank you so much for coming on my micro uh, content uh, podcast. My today. pleasure. Yeah. Absolutely inspiring stuff. Yeah. My pleasure. And if uh, anyone's interested in learning more, wants to set up time to talk with uh, me, they can visit me at uh, fivebynoon.com or LinkedIn. I'm Sean C. So on LinkedIn. Uh, yeah. But that's number five, the letter by or the words by then noon again. Yeah. Five by noon, 100 appointments a month. Insurmountable, uh, insurmountable goal, but you're taking incremental steps to get there. You'll get one and a half, two yeah, meetings yeah. a day. That's pretty good. Yeah. No, awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time.